Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode of Wrestle Ramble is sponsored by our very own Almanac. The Wrestle Talk Almanac is back and bigger than ever and is the must-have guide to wrestling in 2019. Where else will you find who won all of wrestling's most important tournaments, discover the real names of over a thousand wrestlers, and see the star ratings for literally thousands of matches? There's also coverage of over 250 shows from around the world with star ratings, reviews, match times, outcomes, and attendance figures, which will likely be inflated on Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard's podcasts. Not only that, but our boffins here at WrestleTalk HQ have put together win-loss statistics for every wrestler from every major promotion. So now you can be that annoying stat guy at your wrestling parties. Or maybe you can find yourself a time machine and give a copy of it to your past self so they can place a few bets and then buy a casino. I'm obviously joking, I'm not condoning betting, it's a Back to the Future part two joke. Finally, the first 100 purchases will get a hand-signed photo of Ollie and myself, which I guess some people might think is a good thing. So what are you waiting for? Order it now by using the links in the podcast description or go to wrestletalk.bigcartel.com. That's wrestletalk.bigcartel.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Chopper Pete Quadell. Chop of the morning to there you. There it is. Hello. Hey Chop, how's it going man? Not bad, you? Yeah, pretty good. Hot, mate. Yeah. We're recording this podcast after we've recorded the episode you're about to hear. So we've been in this room actually now for two and a bit hours because oh we also God. recorded some stuff for Screen Stalker. Yeah. And it is so hot in this room. It's disgusting. Do you know what? Actually, it's not hot. It's muggy. Yeah. Like it's, I can taste the air. Yeah, it's really humid Ugh, and moist. Kind of gross. I might have to go outside. Like when we've actually finished recording this and I've edited it, I might just like literally step outside of the building. Yeah. I mean, go, I'd go for a walk. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go get some food from somewhere anyway, so yeah. I'll be walking somewhere. I, oh, I need it. It is great. What have you got yeah. on this weekend? Um, It's a good question, actually. I don't think I have anything on, <gasps> so I'm going to chill out. Is what? that something I can do? <laughs> you work Monday to Friday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to relax. I don't have D&D this week because one, one of the players is away, so I'm just going to... 
chill. I bought a, a whole bunch of new games for my Nintendo Switch yesterday. Nice. Uh, Michelle, uh, my lady partner, sorry. Oh, hello. Well, her name's Michelle. You guys know that anyways, but whatever. Uh, she, uh, for her birthday and for... Uh, yeah, in fact, for her birthday, she got two Nintendo Switch eShop gift cards. Nice. Uh, so we finally cashed those in and bought a whole bunch of games yesterday. Uh, so we got Mario, uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which mm-hmm. looks really fun, and it was like £11. I was like, yes, please. Uh, we got a Need Hog that uh, we played around yeah. at your house, which was oh, great super game. fun, right? Such a great game. So I, I told her, and I was like, we have to get this game. It's so much fun. So we got that as well. I believe... She got a Just Dance. Not that I'm ever playing it, but she wanted it. So they sure, still whatever. Make those games. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, they do. Wow. Um, yeah, the the 2019 version was like 50 pounds, and the 2018 what? Ver- yeah, the 2018 version was like seven because it was on offer. So we're like, we'll get that one. Um, Crikey! I can't remember what else we got pounds. now. I know it's insane. And I bet there's DLC and microtransaction loot. I would not <laughs> su- would not surprise me in the slightest. Uh, I think we got Trivial Pursuit as well. Nice, which is always fun. Hey man, you say that, things, like, when, I had, so... when I had my Xbox 360 when I was at university, I played one game on it, mm. and that was Uno. Nice. And I and I played that because my friend at university also had it, so we used to just play Uno all evening as well, just you know, chatting on the headsets and whatnot. Yeah. I don't think I actually played a 360 game properly. <laughs> I might have played a bit of Gears of War once. Yeah. And Prey. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure I might have played that, and I think I played a bit of Dead Rising. Nice. But really, it was all about Uno. Yeah. I was all about the Uno, mate. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have a lovely weekend of just playing games. And we always enjoy doing some sort of trivia anyways. Just looking up YouTube videos of people, of trivia videos that people have done and playing on Sporkle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we'll enjoy having a weekend chilling out. Nice. Yeah. You got anything on? Uh, yes, I do. Um, my in-laws have got a new patio. Ooh, and so new patio. Uh, exactly, a new patio in their back garden. So while we were in Peru, we were joking about how like they wanted to have, like invite us all down so we can see the new patio. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we have jokingly been referring to it as the patio grand reopening. <laughs> nice. And because we started joking about it, it, act- it has now become an event. <laughs> so we are we have been formally invited to the patio grand reopening of my, at my in-laws. We're going to have uh, a nice meal and we're going to have some drinks in the garden. And I'm actually genuinely bloody looking forward to it. So you're going to have some drinks on the new patio. On the new patio. At, at the patio grand reopening. Very uh, good. I'm actually really stoked for it. I like hanging out with my in-laws a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my sister-in-law and her boyfriend will be there. Mickey. Mickey. Hello, Mickey Love. So I'm looking forward to seeing Mickey Love and having some beers with him. But I mean, the only, my, my only like anxious worry about it is that I sort of promised that by the patio grand reopening, I'd have edited together the Peru video because I had like because oh, I, no. I bought myself a knockoff GoPro for 30 quid oh, right. 40 quid and so I was filming every day I was kind of doing a video diary because we went out there for my father-in-law because he can't go anymore mm. and we, you know we did Machu Picchu because it's the one thing he's always wanted to do and he can't do it so we did it for him so we were like we'll take a GoPro with him to give him like a first person perspective of the tour it'd be a lovely little di- a lovely little thing to do mm-hmm. I've only edited three days of the, of the tour so far Oof. and I've got like you know another nine days to go and yeah. that includes all the Machu Picchu stuff oh man uh, so I'm a bit worried about that I'm going to edit some of it on the way home today because I'm on my way to a, a Ealing's beer festival tonight um, nice which I'm very much looking forward to as oh well. yeah um, but yeah I'm just, so my wife is she's making a cheesecake tomorrow so she's going to be a bit preoccupied with that so my thinking was ah brilliant well I'll use the time she's making a cheesecake back at her mum's to 
edit the video. Mm-hmm. But I think I might have to socialize. Oh, no. I think people might want to have a chat with me. Socializing? I know. I might, have to, have, like, I might have to sit outside in the sun and have a beer. I know. Awful. When I could be sat indoors editing a video. I mean, that sounds like paradise to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's Monday to Friday. Why not do it on a Saturday? <laughs> Be brilliant. Um, but let's dive into the show. And then, uh, coming off the back of this show, because you, you obviously didn't hear the NXT podcast yesterday, mm. emails out the wazoo about time zones and spoilers. Oh, here so, we go. <laughs> we'll get into that. Uh, here is the show. We're going to talk today about uh, Kevin Owens. Mm. Last week, Kevin Owens had a big babyface turn, attacking Dolph Ziggler. He kind of like turned babyface throughout the show, but then had his big culminating babyface turn when he attacked Dolph after the match. Then this week, came out and cut a very scathing promo on Shane mostly, but it was also the WWE as a whole, saying that there's too much Shane on TV, that McMahon's made hollow promises back in December. Guys like Buddy Murphy and Apollo Crews and Asuka and Kyrie Sane are not getting TV time because we're focusing all of our time on Shane. And Shane's rubbish, and he's kind of eating everything up, which is echoing... You know what uh, a lot of WWE fans are thinking is uh, it's very much true, but we thought we'd talk more about sort of like the what's next for him because there's kind of two schools of thought at the moment. Mm-hmm. So let's start with we'll go with this one first. We'll go with Wrestle News first. So Wrestle New, WrestlingNews.co doesn't have the greatest track record of backstage scoops. I don't think so anyway. I don't think they're, yeah. they're, they're not the most reputable source. They have had a couple of things, but they are not the most reputable source. Yeah. But their report is that this feud was designed to phase Shane off of TV. This will kind of be like Shane's last feud for a while, I guess. And it was yeah. sort of like Vince apparently is more open to the criticisms of WWE and is asking people for advice. And the bit of advice he was given was probably have less Shane. So the idea is, is that he feuds with Kevin Owens and that phases him out of WWE TV. Um, I mean, what do you, do you think of that's a good idea? Yes, yeah. of course it's Shock, a good idea. Shockingly, yes, less it is Shane a good idea. is a great idea. Plus, it can elevate Kevin Owens more. If it's a Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon feud heading into SummerSlam, that will help build up Owens to be the one that vanquishes the Omni-Shane. He will yeah. be the one to get rid of Shane. So they could put some sort of stipulation on the match being like, if Shane McMahon loses, he has to leave WWE or he has to retire, retire. From, in, from in-ring competition I mean, or something that, like that. That doesn't phase him off TV, though, because he will still suppose, be yeah. there and yeah. manage all the people and still get involved in matches anyway. But you do want him to come back, though. Do you? Well, I, I think that a little bit of time away will probably do him some good. Um, and I really, I think the problem with Shane is not Shane. It's the fact that it's too much Shane. Yeah, it's the fact that point. he's involved with the Revival, the Miz, Elias, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, the Undertaker, Dolph Ziggler, Kevin Owens. There's too many people that yeah. he's kind of like either feuding with or he's teaming with, and he's just sort of like just sort of sucked everything up into this Omni Shane. Yeah, he's basically taken over from the Baron Corbin role. Where Baron Corbin was just sort of like sucking up that mid card. Mm. Now. That's what Shane's doing. And yeah. it's too much of one thing. So actually, I think if you phase him off TV for a bit, but you can leave that option open that he can come back, uh, I think that might work. Yeah, I, I think the inherent problem with Shane, though, is that they treat him like he's a top wrestler. And he isn't. He's the best so in the I world. Think he's the best in the world. So I think if they brought him back, mm-hmm. he'd still be the best in the world. He'd still be a top wrestler, yeah. which is inherently a problem. 
because then you have him putting on... He, he needs to be in a big feud because he's a big star. He's Shane McMahon. And that inherently will take up TV time from other guys that deserve it, like Owens was talking about on SmackDown, such as your Apollo Crews and your Buddy Murphys and your AOPs and Asker and Kyrie Sane. If Shane is back and he's feuding with someone, it'll be a big feud because it's Shane McMahon, mm -hmm. which will be taking up time. Regardless of how much Shane is being used, it's still too much because you're still not going to be showcasing all these other talents. So I think if Shane comes back as a manager... Mm -hmm. Shane comes back as an authority figure, which would be terrible, but at least he's not wrestling. That would, in theory, be fine. It's if he gets into big wrestling feuds with other people, that's the problem. That's where you start to sort of fall down a little bit, I yeah. suppose, is this this idea that he's just the focal point of the shows. And as, as I said, I, th I think the Baron Corbin comparison is quite apt because the big criticism against Baron Corbin um, you know, a couple of months ago was that he was pushed beyond his means. They were focusing on him in the main event slot of Raw and he was always sort of main eventing shows. He was all over the shows. And it was like, it's too much Baron. And I think actually since he's been scaled back, he is still, like he's the main event of Extreme Rules, him and Lacey versus Seth and Becky. I mean, it might be Shane and Taker. I think, but... I think the intergender will be the, the main events. I don't think it will. Yeah, you reckon yeah, it's going to be that's my that's my prediction mm. for a bonus point in Wrestle League, please. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that should have been our bonus question of what do you think on main events. But he is like he is still figured in that main event scene, but he has had significantly less TV time over the last month between Stomping Grounds and this. He has had significantly less TV time than he had back in December or January or February, like in the lead up to Mania. Yeah, and actually in after Mania as well. Um, and I think actually the heat on Baron from fans has lessened, not to the extent of that he's not over anymore and he doesn't generate heat, because he still does get heat, but he's got less of that go away heat mm -hmm. that he had previously. So I wonder if Shane going away and then coming back, as you say, as a manager, or he just comes back and does feuds for Mania and for SummerSlam and for Survivor Series, yeah. and you just sort of have him appear on the Big Four, maybe not the Royal Rumble, but the Big Four, and sort of spread him out so he almost becomes like an Undertaker-style role yeah. where you just cart him out for the big marquee matches because, as you say, he's pushed as a big star. I don't know if he still sells tickets, but, I mean, you could argue that every WWE pay-per-view has sold fairly well with the exception of Stomping Grounds, and that was mm. the one pay-per-view he wasn't on. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that's causation or correlation, I'm I'm just putting that out there. I feel like it might have a few other factors oh, going into it. But... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's um sorry, you were gonna you were gonna make a point. Yeah, um it's just that I I, I just don't see that Shane uh I just don't see him as that big star that they think he is. And I think inherently he'll be taking T V time away from other people that could use it better. Yeah. Um, so bringing it back to Kevin Owens, who's, yes. who we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, what's next for him should be that he is the one to vanquish Shane, who sends him away either permanently or for a while. Um, and I think he should become one of the top babyfaces, if not the top babyface in the company. Bigger than Roman? In the eyes of the fans, in the eyes of... The fans that the internet bubble, yeah, yes, uh, not necessarily in terms of the casual audience, but I think he'll be he'll be if he's not the top, he'll be number two to Roman, and that's kind of like what. So WWE, by all accounts, the the Observer uh, was reporting this way back when was that the idea is that he was going to be brought back as one of the top baby faces, particularly on the SmackDown side. That's why he was having those sort of like. Um, 
backstage segments, well, not backstage segments, but those sort of vignettes with uh, being at the cinema with his kid or going bowling with the family and things like that. And he was meant to come back for his baby. I, I think they completely botched that from the start. Oh, because, they really did. Because Vince brought him out, yeah. which made him seem like a heel. But then he was still acting like a baby face. And it fe- completely fell apart. And then the heel turn was there because Brian got injured. And now this feels like this is kind of like the restart point for, for Kevin Owens. This feels like this is our first... This is the babyface we were supposed to get at the start before the that lead up to WrestleMania was so bizarre oh, in it was hindsight. Weird, wasn't a it? Weird, weird few weeks of TV. Yeah. Vince just appearing from out of nowhere, be like Charlotte. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which was never explained. No, it wasn't. Never but followed it was never up. Explain why he picked Owens either. No. I know he hated Kofi, but why did he pick Owens? Like that sort of thing was never really covered. No. But anyway, that's regardless of the point. Because Vince was a, uh, a he's a Deus Ex Machina. He's like, well, you know what? We'll just. Bring out Vince. He'll introduce some guy and then the match will be changed. Fine. I guess so. But my question is, is that even with Heyman and Bischoff coming in as the executive directors and they're going to be like putting forward their ideas and kind of leading the creative meetings, it is still Vince's company. Correct. Vince has got the final say on everything. Vince has got to sign off on everything. So no matter what Heyman and Bischoff bring to the table... It, I go back to that PW Torch uh, article from earlier this year, or actually not, I say earlier this year, only a couple of months ago, where they said 19, like 100 ideas are pitched, only 99, and 99 of them get rejected. And it's just Vince likes the one idea that gets put through. Same thing can happen with Heyman and Bischoff. So my, my question is, I'll, I'll get to that now, is would Vince pick Owens over Roman to be the guy that vanquishes Shane? And it kind of makes sense yeah. that it would be Owens based on that promo. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, it's, it is still Vince. Yeah. And is Vince not going to say like, well, if, if Shane's going to be taken off TV forever, surely that should be Roman that it's does Roman's that. Roman's job. And, and we've been building this Roman-Shane feud for a while to feel like it's going to build to a big singles match yeah. at SummerSlam or, you know, heaven forbid they drag it out to Survivor Series. Oh, so do you think that he could pick Owens over Roman? <sighs> I think Vince has always liked Owens. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Um, Obviously, he probably likes Roman more. But I think he's always very much had a soft spot for Owens. uh, Based on just from the outlook of Owens' career in WWE, his debut and beating John Cena clean, uh, becoming Universal Champion, even though it was a squiffy finish with Triple H, it was never really followed up on. Nope. Um, But Owens was one of the top guys for a long time. And he's always been seen as like a top guy. Even when he's not really been pushed as a top guy, he still felt like a top guy. He was still sort of protected in that sense, even when he was getting chucked off a steel cage by Braun Strowman. Um, so I think... God, that storyline sucked. It, really, it was really bad, wasn't it? Uh, so I think that it's not as clear-cut as, well, it's obviously Roman. Because there's definitely an argument to be made for Owens. Mm-hmm. I do still think he's going to pick Roman, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think there is every chance that they could pick... Owens to be the guy Mm. but let's jump to the other side of this debate or this story I suppose because I I, I do think there are two avenues to this so wrestlingnews.co are saying that this whole thing is to kind of phase Shane out of TV but WrestleVotes, who have a much better track record, mm. like I, it's 99% it's, of their stuff. Yeah, it's almost flawless. It really it? is. They're, yeah. they're so on the money with their things. I think they're very careful with what they choose to report. Very much so. And I think they're very smart about that as well. I have absolutely no idea who runs it. Like, mm. uh, but it's, I think they're very, very smart with this. But they, they put up a tweet uh, yesterday. 
Yes, it was yesterday. Well, well at the time sorry, of recording. at the time of recording, two days ago. Yep. They put up a tweet two days ago. Yep. Thank you, Pete. They said, was told recently that anything WWE had planned for SummerSlam in advance was all subject to change once Bischoff and Heyman fully start their roles this upcoming week. So Reservoirs wow. are saying that Heyman and Bischoff are being given, and this is a quote, a legitimate clean start with no forced agendas off the jump. Well, actually, from the jump, I guess. Okay. And so that, to me, suggests that all of these sort of things that we've been building to these last few months to get to SummerSlam could be just wiped off the table. Yeah. And we'll just, like, Monday and Tuesday next week will be full-on restart shows where everything will just change. Yeah. And you thought we were zigging, and we're actually zagging. Yeah. And... Uh, Meltzer reported in the Observer this week that although it's being advertised locally at the moment, Drew versus Undertaker is not planned for SummerSlam. Mm. So they're advertising it in Toronto, being like it's going to be a big marquee match, but actually it's not on the board. And that kind of ties into this WrestleVotes report that kind of everything's off the board. So when we're saying, like, what's next for Kevin Owens, he might not be feuding with Shane come Tuesday. God, everything might be dropped. Like they, they legitimately might take Shane off TV next week. They might do because they want to. We like, might not see him past Extreme Rules. Exactly. Yeah. That that this could go any direction. We. It's actually quite exciting thinking about it. I know I'm probably going to be disappointed, and they'll probably try and keep as much continuity as they can mm-hmm. while still yeah, trying yeah. to build their own uh, shows. I think and they're just going to go. All right. So Extreme Rules didn't matter. Uh, here's yeah. all these other things. Uh, I yeah, think that's they... the saying that they're going to be full on restarts is like the extreme version of what could happen. But I think you're right. I think there will be some continuations. Of, yeah, of for sure. So they might still keep. I, I think they'll keep a Shane feud going until SummerSlam. They won't just drop Shane. Um, Shane needs a marquee match. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that they'll do that for SummerSlam. Whether that. No, I'm not saying he needs one. I'm saying they think he needs they one. They think he needs one. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's either going to be Roman or Owens or maybe someone completely new. Cesaro, Alistair Black, I don't know, anyone. God, I can um, imagine if it was Shane that knocked on Alistair Black's door. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, genuinely, I'd have loved that. That would have been interesting. Because he'd have just black masked him in the face and just like pinned him straight off the bat. Well, in your world, he would have. Yeah. Imagine if Shane won. Well, oh, yeah, quite. We'll start. Mm. That's how we start a feud. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted. Um, yeah, so I think they'll, they'll keep some, some elements of what's going on now. They'll carry that over until SummerSlam. But I do think we're going to see some changes. Like, I think Braun Strowman's going to be one of the top guys again. Because um, I think uh, there was a report. I can't remember who from, but someone uh, mentioned that Paul Heyman really likes Braun Strowman. Loves and wants Braun. to push him. Yeah. Um, Ricochet, I think, is another guy that he sees a lot of talent in. Uh, so he could be pushing him after that. So I think we'll see certain guys will get a lot more exposure and a, and a much bigger push out of the end of Extreme Rules. Owens might be one of them. Owens could be one of them, but that's on a Heyman show. And when yeah. Owens is not on the Heyman show, he's That's on the true. Bischoff show. And I'm not going to, I got a lot of flack last week for quote unquote burying Bischoff. Mm. Um, but, you know, because I, I I don't think that he has had many, as I said, I think he's had one good idea. People said, he. Uh, what about the Cruiserweights? Uh, Heyman did that first. And actually Bischoff just copied what Heyman was doing. Yeah. Um, and, and just signed all the way the people that Heyman had on his TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so I'm, I'm not going to just start burying Bischoff. But, Owens doesn't seem like the sort of guy that Bischoff would want to push. It's not, he doesn't feel like a Bischoff kind of guy. Very much feels like a Heyman kind of guy. Oh, yeah. But doesn't feel like a Bischoff kind of guy. So I'm hoping that A, I'm wrong, but B, that you're right in the sense of that he's a Vince guy 
And because Vince is the one that's signing everything off, mm. he's like, no, you've got to push this guy. You've got to push Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is going to be one of our big baby faces. Certainly the number two baby face behind Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, but then again, I suppose it all depends on if we are actually going to get a brand split again as of yeah. next week and the wild cards dropped and whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in theory, we could have a legitimate brand split, as in we have two people running the shows like behind the scenes running the shows trying to compete to have the best show mm. as an actual like real life brand split that would be insane so then when you if you had like talent crossovers that would be all sorts of crossed wires and weird political moves and all yeah. sorts of stuff so i think they'd probably drop wild cards if we are going to be doing that it just depends how Vince wants to run it. Whether he wants to have two brands completely competing against each other. It's like, no, you guys have got to work together to make the best shows possible yeah. kind of thing. You've got to remember as well, the wildcard was a, a USA Network demanded thing. That wasn't, was. that wasn't WWE sort of panicking. The, the you know, USA Network were like, why do we put Roman onto Fox? Oh, sorry, why do we put Roman on SmackDown when we're losing SmackDown to Fox? We want Roman on our show. So they were like, um, they're on every show now. Yep. The wild card is what we'll do. And that's just evolved into, ah, oh, they just appear on both shows now. Yeah, wild card hasn't been mentioned for weeks now. No. Raw and SmackDown just go wherever they want. Absolutely. And it really does feel like they've gone back to the super show format that they used <sighs> to do while pretending there is still this brand split. So really, the what next for Kevin Owens thing, I think I find kind of like a very fascinating question because it's so up in the air. Yeah, really It is. could be a huge push for him. Come Tuesday, it might not be anything. He might not yeah. be on the SummerSlam card. Oh, so God. it's it's very interesting, but also, I don't know, like worrying, concerning. There's a whole host of emotions. Yeah. Next Monday and Tuesday are going to be fascinating shows. They really are, aren't they? Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heckins is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do here each and every Saturday on the Wrestle Ramble, where you, the Swaff Nation, send to us your crap gimmick submissions, and then we, the bookers and promoters of crap gimmick wrestling, decide whether we want to sign them or not. If you want to email in, it's luke at wrestletalk.com. One more time, luke at wrestletalk.com. Huge backlog going all the way back to August last year. We cherry pick them now, but send them in regardless. Whew. That was a that was a good one. That was a quick. Thanks, mate. Well, we had it. big news last week. Where we did a double signing. We did. Yeah, it was huge. So let's see how we First get ever. on this week. Uh, this was sent in to us by Nicholas Turgeon on August the eighteenth. Here's my birthday. Oh well, yeah. Happy birthday, you know. Happy, happy belated birthday <laughs> for last year. Here's the Ginger Reaper. He's six foot four and six foot seven. Oh, he's between six foot four and six foot seven. <laughs> <laughs> he is both six foot four. He's really six foot four, but they'll bill him at six, six foot, foot seven. seven yeah. yeah, and he is a bulky, muscular man. He's pale white with a ginger mullet. He has no facial hair, but he has a reaper scythe tattoo on his peck, like Lesnar's sword. He wears orange and black singlets, kneecaps, and elbow pads, and always has a necklace with a ginger attached to it. I mean, like I guess like a piece of ginger attached yeah. to the end of it. Uh, when he comes to the ring, he's wearing a is uh, where. He's wearing a black with a little bit of orange, Undertaker's druid hoodie look-alike, and he has a reaper scythe with a bit of fresh blood on it. His entrance music is back organs, Toccata, the classic scary organ song. His gimmick is that because he's ginger, he doesn't have a soul. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize to any of our ginger viewers. Uh, So he becomes a reaper who kills people by sucking the soul out of them. When he's doing a promo, he's always burning a gingerbread cookie. And when it's all burnt, he says, there's no soul left in this ginger like my next victim. His wrestling moves are power-based, like power bombs, clothesline, big boots, and brain busters, and mostly focus on the opponent's head, you know, where the soul is. Is it uh, your soul within a head? I guess so. His signature move is a discus clothesline from hell and a swinging neckbreaker and a snap DDT. His finishes are an STF called the Soul Eater, where he swallows his opponent's soul while doing it, and a sister Abigail named Jack, where instead of kissing his opponent, he swallows his soul before doing it. While doing the decisive pinfall and after winning, he bursts into a sadistic laugh and scares the hell out of a crowd. Sorry for the bad English, it's not my mother tongue. And that's from Nicholas. Okay. Man, so, I mean, uh, the way that this this gimmick is laid out is that this guy is legit sucking souls out of people. Yeah. I mean, uh, several questions <laughs> about this, and I don't know which to go with first. So, it's very Undertaker-like. Mm-hmm. But with, he's, ba- he's basically death, but ginger. Yeah. He's the, the ginger reaper. He, he's death, but... Okay. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> it's, it, what it is, it is like a lot of crap gimmicks. It's a one-note joke that is stretched out. Yes, beyond, very much so. Beyond all of its... And actually, that's kind of the point of it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like stretched out beyond all of its meaning that it was started with. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like your, your starting thing was that like, ah, uh, he is ginger, therefore he has no soul. But then by the end of it, he actually sounds like he is a scary guy that is sucking the souls out of people. And yeah. And it sounds like he, has, he stopped being a comedy character. 
and yeah, I, I really, I, and I you, don't it, think he is supposed to be a comedy character. But if you are, if your gimmick is you are soulless because you're ginger, that is a comedy character. Yes, you can. You then and, can't be the Undertaker. <laughs> and if you play that seriously. Then you're saying that gingers actually don't have souls. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of mixed messages. This one also, yeah. the Undertaker is ginger. Let's not forget. He is. Yeah. Uh, this was sent in to us by Matthew Muldoon on September 24th, who says hi, Ollie and Luke. First time writing, but I'm a proud. Well, this was before you joined. I know. Uh, first time writing you, but I'm a proud member of the Swaff Nation and a pledgehammer. I was recently in the Western U.S. and passed through a settlement that was famous during the Gold Rush. This got me thinking about a potential gold mine for the ever-expanding CG dub roster. The miner is an old-timey gold prospector who, prospector rather, whose sole purpose in life is to acquire as much gold or belts as possible. Think a mixture of gold member and the Will Ferrell prospector character. He comes to the ring dressed like Yosemite Sam with a pickaxe and uses more rough style when wrestling his opponents and his finisher is a spear called the Gold Rush. He's a heel because he refuses to wrestle for anyone that doesn't have gold since that's the only thing he cares for and will go to any length to get it. Similar to Triple H, he will grab the pickaxe when frustrated and use it to distract the referee, who will then take five minutes to dispose of it while the miner has grabbed the belt of his opponent's gold to whack them over their head and secure the win. Hope all is well and keep up the great work. I like a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. I like this, this is, a lot. This is, this is pretty good. I like the, the, the Triple H sort of like hit the pickaxe is his version of the sledgehammer. Yeah. I, like I, I the... don't think you can actually hit someone with it, though. No, well, no. Was, neither does bit... Triple H. Well, because like, you know like what a I mean. melon. Yeah. But I mean, you, you sort of hit someone with the slam. You, you can't just you like... a hand do... over the head. Yeah, I know. But you can't... I, I, guess, you get, it, you I get, guess it would work with the with pickaxe the as well. Yeah, I guess. It would just look a bit weird because the sledgehammer... It looks weird with a sledgehammer as well. He puts his hand over the hard bit. Yeah, I know. Time but you, can, you, you buy it though. You buy that you can like stab, and not I think stab. You, you can like jab someone with a sledgehammer. And you can't jab this. someone with a pickaxe. I like this. I think it works. I think you've come up with a really good idea no, there, Matt. And I'm as, sorry that Pete is trying to crack as, all aside over Aside from your the idea. nitpick, aside from the the nitpick axe, there it is. It's actually really good. No, yeah, I, I really, I like, really, really like this guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, the Miner is certainly up there. It's good. Um, this comes in from Chris on November 17th, who says, Hello again, Luke. This is the Italian B-I-G-M-A-N-T. Because he's meant to be B-M-T. But he's the... So he's, <laughs> okay. He's the, Italian, he's the Italian Big Man T. Okay. Big Man? Well, no, no. It's literally big, space, man, space, letter T. Okay. But really, you got to break it down, and it's big man T. So but it's the BMT. Italian. It's the Italian BMT. The Italian BMT. Okay. Born and raised in the rough and rugged, dark and gritty subways of New York City subway. Get it? During his promos, he always claims to be on a roll. He does the surfboard submission when he, which he calls the banana pepper as a finisher. <laughs> Not sure about that one. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a, a, a subway reference. I don't understand. Possibly. Uh, his other finisher comes when he drapes opponents across the top rope in a corner and does a double knee attack, slamming them all the way to the mat. Sasha Bank style, which he calls double meat. His signature is a stunning uh, one-two punch he likes to call oil and vinegar. Do you get oil and vinegar in subways? Fancy subways I mean, are you going to? And- maybe in maybe when they do salads, you get like a vinaigrette. Maybe type I guess. Of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and he lets uh, his he lets his womanizer Italian side show when he hams it up with the female fans around ringside. Thanks again for reviewing another of my submissions for Crap Gimmick Wrestling. Have a great month, Luke. Send my best to the boys. Right, so that last bit is literally just a pun in the way you've worded the email. That's not a pun based on his gimmick or anything like that. He hams it up. You wouldn't say that he's hamming it up. 
Yeah, and also, are, are Italians womanizers? Are we saying that all Italians, are we painting all Italians with the same brush? Oh, you know, <laughs> those Italians. <laughs> those womanizers, am I right, guys? And we're saying that any womanizer is just an Italian? <laughs> are, are all hot tubs jacuzzis or are all jacuzzis hot tubs? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that you come to the Wrestle Ramble for. Um, but aside from that line, yeah, I do like some of See, the pun work. Okay, yeah. So I really like this up to that bit of the whole womanizing yeah. thing. Um, yeah, it's just it's a stupid subway gimmick. But I think I there, like that. what the here is where I'm going to kind of turn against it though. Mm -hmm. I feel there is more subway puns. Oh, very much so. And yeah. more focused subway puns yes. that we can get out very of much. this. That's like oil and vinegar. When I think oil and vinegar, I don't think subway. No, exactly. I think of a pizza express. Yeah. Uh, I, and you know, a banana pepper, maybe that's a subway thing in the States, but it certainly yeah. isn't here in the UK. So maybe no. that is just a reference that's gone over our heads. Very much but so, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's not encapsulating of subway. There's no have it your way. There's no multiple options. Mm -hmm. There's no jalapenos. There's should, no... should call the big boot a footlong, for example. Uh, there, uh, there you go. <laughs> finisher is a big boot called the footlong. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, there's nothing like that. The size of breads and things like that. Yeah. I think you were, you were almost there with mm. this one, Chris, but yeah. not quite. Like you, There's a couple of little slip-ups, I would say. Yeah. But I would, you know, I was going through these submissions and I thought... We've picked out our three, but they're quite short. So I've got a fourth. <gasps> another first ever. Another first ever. It's another oh. short one. This comes from Jeremy Martin that was sent to us on January 6th, who says, hi, Ali, Luke, and El Fakador. Sorry, Pete. So it, it, you can see the progress in time. We've got more people on all the emails now. It's good. My gimmick is called the Segway. The Segway is a heel who interrupts Babyface's interviews with, you uh, on, you guessed it, a Segway, slowly driving past. Then the interviewer forgets about the interview and cuts back to the commentary desk. Also, the Segway segues to the ring to attack Babyface's so he can move on to the next segment. The Segway is an overweight man, hence why he needs to use a Segway. Hey, not all overweight people need to use Segways. His, I used a Segway and I was, well, I was I used I used it once you for that uh, dance yeah. routine yeah. and actually genuinely by the end of it when we like outside where we had to kind of like not so much rehearse mm. the segue thing that we were doing we were just like the guy was like I, you need to get on this first before you use it and he'd give us like a little demo instruction of how to operate it I genuinely thought I could see why people like this <laughs> yeah. this is a lot of fun yeah. it's a great way to get around um, anyway, uh, he's no weight man, hence his need to use a segue. His promos are always short and to the point and uses catchphrases of your time is short and you're lucky we got to move on to the next segment. His moveset is basically trying to end each match as short as possible by heel tactics, i.e. leaving or DQ. He brings a clock and he tells the referee that they're going overtime. His finisher is a rolling cannonball in the corner, which he calls the segue. So he's called the segue and his finisher is the segue. Uh, love you guys. Been watching the ramble from the start and seen every episode. Keep up the good work. That's from Jeremy Martin. Okay. So there's a couple of things here. I like the premise of him being a guy that, uh, a stupid comedy character that just interrupts interview segments and tries to segue along to the next segment. That's fine. Get that. I don't get having matches trying to keep them as short as possible and saying overtime and things like that because that's not... That's I, I mean, that's not a segue. No, that's not a segue because the segue is just a transition from one segment to the next. It's yeah. not, we must make this segment as short as possible. Yeah. So... I get that, that he's trying to segue to the next segment all the time, which means that 
segments would run short. But I feel like those two wires got a bit crossed with yeah, I think with so, Yeah, I, that's where I think it, it falls down ever so slightly. Is because yeah, it's it doesn't feel like it's really about segues. It's about kind of keeping things to time. Yeah, and that for me, that's not what segues are all about. Exactly. Certainly yeah. not in the rest talk offices anyway. Oh no. So we have got uh, the Italian BMT. We've got uh, the Segway. We have got um, Ginger Reaper, and we've got the Miner. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think this is a pretty cut and dry episode. I'd say so. It's the Ginger Reaper. No, it's not. It's the Miner. It's the Miner. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon and then leave a comment in the community section. Do not email me because I will forget that. And do you know what? Me saying that has actually reminded me that someone did email me with something and I Mm -hmm. genuinely forgot about it. But saying that has reminded me that someone sent something because this was a, oh no, now I can't find it. It's in an email that I've got. Um, right, fill for time with it. Googling live on air. But we are, yes, uh, if you want to submit any more mailbag questions, like Luke was saying, if you head over to our Patreon page, you become a pledge hammer. Any dollar amount, it doesn't matter how much. Then you leave a comment in the community section. We'll read it out on the Saturday Rambles. I found it. Coming, it came in from Doug. Doug, you emailed, mate. I lose these things. Terrible this is what stuff. happens. This comes in from Doug, who says, support WrestleTalk, give them a subscribe. Hey, Luke, wondering if I can get a Patreon shout out on this Saturday's Wrestle Ramble podcast. I'm a $5 pledge hammer. I did check, by the way. You can't just email me in. <laughs> I saw past this ruse right yeah. at the start, yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, all right. And then I was totally like, oh, you no, no, you, know, you are there, mate. You are yeah. legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting married that day, and nothing would make this day better than a shout-out from you guys at WrestleTalk, but not Randy. Middle finger emoji to him. Would have loved uh, Ollie Lesnar to do it, but he's got better things to do than work and bring happiness every day to his fans. Keep up the awesome work, boys. Thanks from the Green Bastard from Parts Unknown, Canada. Cool. So, quick one. <laughs> Nothing can make your day better than a shout-out from us, idiots. On your wedding day, have fun at your wedding first. Yeah. But also, congratulations. Have great fun. Super congratulations on getting yeah. married. It is an awesome, awesome thing to do. I It was the best day of my life. Uh, I would happily relive it again and again and again. In fact, actually... The only downside to getting married is that I can't do it again. Yeah. I can't have that day ever again. Just get divorced and then married again. No, but I'll never be able to replicate that day. Well, yeah. uh, You know, and to quote Ollie Davis, it's the best wedding he's ever been to. Oh, really? Wow. I know, man. Great. So. I need to say that to to you, though, right? (laughs) He said it to other people as well. Well. So he says. My mum also said it's the best wedding she's ever been to. I think she might be biased, but I don't know. My mum can be a harsh critic at times. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, let's get back into the mailbag. Congratulations on your wedding, green bastard. Congrats. This comes in from Jonathan Hedman, who says, What kind of character would you like to see wrestling on a major promotion? So I don't know if it's what kind of character yeah. or what character you So admit. what crap gimmick would we want to see? No, no, no. Like it's in like I, I mean, when I first read this question, it was more like a character from a TV show or a movie you'd like to see in a wrestling. Format. Okay, but actually, really, it's what kind of character would you like to see? So I, that's, I don't know. That's it's a, a tough question. It's hard to say because there's so much variety in the wrestling world right now. It's hard to think of an original idea. Yeah, because they're kind of all. Taken. Because, like, a great character, for example, is like Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. And mm. You'd be like, oh, that'd be a cool character in wrestling. But that has been a character in wrestling. Aside from the fact that they did, um, Joke, uh, Sting did it in TNA for a little bit when he was Joker Sting. It wasn't quite like Heath Ledger's Joker, but it was sort of like a, a version of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original Doink the Clown was on the independent scene when the Dark Knight was out, essentially doing Heath Ledger's Joker as a wrestling character yeah. because he was Doink the Clown. So, 
yeah, I mean, you could almost say, like, I, I'm going to pick this character, but chances are it's been done. Yeah. And I mean, promotion. there's even elements of that now with Alistair Black's promo style. It's very Heath Ledger-like with his delivery of it. So mm. even if it's not being the Joker, there's still elements of characters all thrown around everywhere. So mm. it's really hard to answer that question. Very difficult. Good question, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I shouldn't say I guess. It was a good question, but a difficult one to answer. But I'm just going to end this with uh, a, a controversial bombshell. I think The Dark Knight's a bit overrated. That is a controversial bombshell. It's a three-star movie. It's it's good. It is a good film. It is a good film that is that is like leveled up by an incredible performance by Heath Ledger. That's what I think makes it amazing. I would say. Yeah. Is that performance? But like the film, the film itself is fine. I think. And, it's, and also, the, the third act is very rushed with Two Face. It is a bit rushed, but it's, I, it's I, a whole film into itself. I would still say it's a very good movie. I wouldn't say it's a five-star classic, but I would say it's like a solid four stars. I think Batman Begins is way better. I think Batman Begins is amazing. It's Batman Begins is the second best Batman film behind 89. Debatable. Yeah. We'll talk about this later. Then I think it's Batman Forever, obviously. Genuinely do think Batman Forever is a fun film. Batman it's Robin. the film the studio's always wanted. Anyway, Nate drops her name says, Hello, WrestleTalk crew. I haven't fact-checked this. Good 80% stuff. fact, yeah. But I believe that everyone who has had a Bray Wyatt puppet, uh, Bray Wyatt puppet appear behind them has lost their match or been at the wrong end of a beatdown angle in the following segment. Could this be part of a larger storyline or just a coincidence? Thanks for all you do, and keep on shopping. Oh, well, thanks for the catchphrase, I guess. Um, that's really curious. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've not, I haven't had the time to fact-check this myself, so I'm going to put this out there into the ether. Uh, maybe the rest of talk, the SWAF Nation community can let us know if that is the case. If it is the case, though, I would almost wager it's coincidence. Yes, I would as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of the ones that I can think of. No, the... See, I can only think of like two or three off the top of my head that have actually had cameos behind them. And What were the yeah. cameos this week? Uh, so there was one behind Ricochet. Ricochet, who got who Beat. won he won his match, but he got beaten down by the club. And there was one on SmackDown. Was there one on SmackDown? I can't remember who it was behind though. I can't remember. Yeah, there was one on SmackDown. I think it was behind Bailey. Did who Bailey have a segment on SmackDown? It was in the contract signing and then she Beat up Nikki Cross? No, she was just sat at ringside when the Nikki Cross had a match with Carmella. Nikki Cross had a ca- match with Carmella. And, I, and then that was it? Was the, and then she beat up Nikki Cross? Was that the show where she beat up Nikki Cross? Was that last was week? Raw? That was last week, wasn't was it? Was it Raw? No, that was last week on SmackDown. These shows just all merge into one after a while. I'm so... No, because they were on Raw and then also SmackDown. What happened on this Raw, week's SmackDown? Raw was, a, Raw was a beat the clock challenge. Yeah, Raw, yeah, so the SmackDown thing with Carmella... That was that, that was, was this week? contract signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was this week, yeah. right? Yeah. But what was the end of the segment? The Nikki Cross one was Nikki that it. Nikki Cross one, and then they stayed each other down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, not a clue. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll pass that out to the SWAF Nation. Yeah. Uh, Mohammed says thoughts on two hundred five two hundred five live roster joining NXT with NXT becoming a two hour show. Ooh. I mean, at least people would watch it. It's hard to say, because I think part of the appeal of NXT is that it's an hour. Mm-hmm. So I think increasing it out to two hours would be... It would diminish some of the... Which could happen when it goes to FS1 later this year. That's true. If, if, that, if reports are to be believed. But I mean, if, if you were going to extend NXT out to a two-hour show, adding the 205 Live roster would be great, because they're all fantastic wrestlers. I am, I'm going to slightly disagree with you on that one, though, and that's only because of the conversation that Laurie and I were having on yesterday's NXT Ramble, mm-hmm. which is that at the moment, NXT has... They, their problem is they signed too many people. Right. They have signed up. There's a glut of talent, and then we're like... 
actually, we haven't got enough TV time for all of you. So what you ended up with was Keith Lee appearing at Chicago last year and then hasn't had a storyline since he joined. And his promo that he had on this week's show was, I've been here for a year and I've done nothing. Matt Riddle was brought in with all the fanfare and they gave him this huge push at the start. I don't think he's got anything sorted out for TakeOver Toronto. Like, he hasn't been on TV for the last couple of weeks. He certainly hasn't been on TV since I got back. He's had one video package. And so he's there. Now you're pushing Damian Priest. You're also getting video packages for Killian Dane. Tyler Breeze has just come back. You're pushing Dream. You've got the Undisputed Era going into singles feuds and this and the other. You've got the breakout tournament. You've got the breakout tournament. There's eight guys there. One of them wins at the end, but that's also eight characters that you've just introduced for TV. There's almost too many people. So if you were to extend out for a two-hour show, just adding in more people is only just going to dilute it further. That's a very fair point, yeah. Kenta's another, sorry, Kenta, sorry, and Kushida is another yeah. one that they've given this push to. There's not enough TV time for everyone. Mm. So if you, fe- I think if you had a two-hour TV show, you'd almost you'd almost need that just for the amount of people you've got there already. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think I'd like to think that NXT would still keep the formula of not having everyone on every show every week. Mm-hmm. So if you had... I mean, 205 Live roster is only, what, 10 people, 12 people, something like that? Uh, yeah, if that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it would be the hugest addition, and they, they're they not all going to be, you know, top stars in NXT. So, I, th- I think adding them wouldn't be the worst if you keep it rotating each week. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I think yeah, that yeah. would be fine. Um, any more than that, and it does start to get a bit bloated again. Yeah. But. Uh, and they'll just get caught up anyway. Yeah. Uh, the one who wants to support says, uh, because that now in kayfabe, Mike didn't impregnate Maria. We don't know that for sure. Maria might have just said that. Yeah. Um, who do you think is the one who has done it? You can't say Becky. I, I think that Mike. it is Mike. I think that it is Mike. Maria, just be cray. Cray, <laughs> yo. I, I hate that storyline. Yeah, it's really bad. I don't like it at all. No. Not a fan. Genuinely, I think the Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, Bailey one makes more sense. Hmm. I know. No, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I hate the Bailey Alexa Bliss story more than I hate Mike and Maria. But I think the Mike and Maria one is terrible. It's so bad. It stunned me to learn it was a Paul Heyman idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's... that's probably what makes me hate it more. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's not good at all. Um, I'm hoping that people remember this because when it turns into this great storyline, they can replay this moment. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Edmund back again says, um, using the time guest theory of time travel. I'm not sure what that is. I don't know what that is. What would you go back and change to make things different for that version's reality? For me, I'd prevent me from buying December to Dismember. Great shout. Bit harsh on that show. Well. But really, and actually, because we watched it for uh, uh, Wrestle Ramble Extra, mm. it's not. Like, it's a bad show. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not, not the worst show I've ever seen. No. I've watched Heroes of Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a bad show. Yeah. That's a terrible show. Very much so, yeah. Um, so using essentially, yeah, you could go back and just remove something from your reality, what would it be? <sighs> or change something. I think I would um get more involved with my student radio station when I was at university. I would, uh, yeah, just try and be more involved because I was a bit more aloof about it. I kind of, I did my radio shows and I was on the committee, but I don't think I tried as hard as I probably could have done. Mm. And I think I would have actually got more out of it if I had tried harder. If I wasn't such like, um, I I didn't care about a lot when I was at university. Mm. Um, So I think if I'd have gone back, if I could go back, I would probably try a bit harder in my university years. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I could say that one because I was pretty similar in that regard. Um, I think the one I am going to go with, though, is I wish I'd... uh, I would change how I 
viewed my uh, Twitch live streams that I used to do. Because hmm. at one point I was uh, I was on the cusp of making it a job, and then I I flopped it. Oh, I, yeah, I I, I I screwed myself over uh, with it. So if I'd have just been more smart, then I could have made it work. But I didn't. So I probably changed that. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have gone to Route 66 the night I met uh, my, one of my long-term girlfriends because mm. while I'm sure, while I had fun, I was actually pretty miserable. Yeah, and I dated her for a long time, mm. and I could have had a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, Marco Tallinn says, "Who do you think is the best wrestler in New Japan to never win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship? Minoru Suzuki, Hiroki Goto, Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano." Um, Ishii is my answer. That's a lot of names. Yeah, Ishii is definitely Ishii. Up there. He's a guy that New Japan, by all accounts, they don't see a lot in, and he's never going to be given. Mental. Which is crazy because he's so good. He's so good. So Ishii would be my pick. Will Ospreay's used all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I know, I see why he hasn't been heavyweight champion yet. But Kota Ibushi definitely has the talent to be champion. Oh yeah, and he will be. be. Yeah. The, yeah. He'll be like one of their top guys. Yeah, like, for sure. In twenty, like by twenty twenty, mm-hmm. he'll definitely be one of their guys. I can, I can even imagine him being in a title shot for um, uh, Dominion next year. Could be even part of like the he's part of the G one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see him beating person, maybe getting a title shot out of that. Yeah, could person. be person, person. Ricardo forgot everyone's names. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know if they're in the same block, to be honest. I, mean, yeah. I haven't had a chance to sit down and really look at the block no, for, for the G1. I know roughly who's in it, but I haven't looked at any of the matchups or anything. No, I know. So. It's too much wrestling at the moment. I know. Uh, the dizziest bloke going today says, which wrestler did you think, uh, do you think on the industry as a whole, um, which wrestler did, okay, I'll try that again. Which yeah. wrestler did more for the industry as a whole and whose legendary status will mean more in 50 years time, Hogan, Austin, or Cena? Cena's definitely the weakest of those three. Yeah, Cena's definitely the weakest out of them. But I think it's Hogan. Oh, I think so it's Hogan. Because without Hogan, you wouldn't have had Austin. But then that's just a chronological thing. I don't well, no, because... That... No, okay, no, sorry. You make your point. Because I don't, I don't think... Yes, that's absolutely true. Without Hogan, you wouldn't have had, have had Austin. However, I think... It's so hard to say because Hogan is such an iconic legend of his time and beyond his time people still talk about hogan now but people also still talk about austin now it's just that he came like 10 years later after hogan's peak i think both of them are so comparable with what they've done for the industry and the eyes that they've brought to wrestling it's so hard to pick between them i'd say though without hogan you don't have wrestlemania you don't have the rock and wrestling boom you likely don't don't get raw and that means then, like, the, and the wrestling world completely changes. Like without Hogan, WWF might not have existed. So I think for me, it, it has to be Hogan because he essentially he created that wrestling boom, the wrestling boom that then just continued to grow, mm. and then they managed to get Austin off, off the back of that. But without all of that boom to begin with, you, we wouldn't have. We, we probably wouldn't be sat here talking about wrestling today because it would be such a niche, niche thing. They would probably still be territory based unless someone else had come in and try and like you know do what Vincent tries to do in the eighties. Yeah. So I, I, for me, I think it, it's it's got to be Hogan. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm coming around to the Hogan idea because Austin was responsible for one of the most iconic periods in WWF most history. Wa- the most watched period. No, the, the, most the, watch period the most watched period. Most money made. But, apart from now. But that hasn't really led to much. It was the most iconic period, the most watched. But what are the effects of it now? The products, I, I the, the products just kind of yeah. there's no there's been no 
groundbreaking parts, but I guess we got SmackDown out of it. Yeah, but that's but, the, that's that's the Rock as well. Yeah, and and uh, and, 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 and yeah, and I think that um, like Austin's you know his time on top was from 1998 through to 2001, and then he left. Yeah, you know, like he was there for 2002, but he wasn't the top guy then because like you look at WrestleMania X8, he's middle of the yeah. card against Scott Hall. Yeah, because they weren't factoring him into top six. I think they probably had to. They were going to afterwards. But by that point, he was taking his ball and going home. Yeah. And then he didn't come back until 2004. He's retired now. He had his match with with Rock at WrestleMania, and then he's you know he's Sheriff Steve, and so his time as a top guy in WWF, while like you know incredibly profitable, and while they were the most eyes watching it, such a short space of time. And once he stopped, the industry just completely died out. There wasn't like there wasn't another boom off the back of him. Mm. But I, I think true. it's Austin. Yeah. Sorry, I think it's Hogan, rather. Sean Dunn says, uh, Firstly, the Screen Grapple Awards should get their own ESPYs. True. Secondly, on the spot, any wrestler, former tag team, and you name it. For example, Curtis Axel, Cody Hall, the perfect edge. So, it's funny, because they've just given a tag team name to The Undertaker and Roman Reigns. The Graveyard Dogs. The Graveyard Dogs! <laughs> a terrible name. Awful! It's rubbish. God! Um... Ryback and John Cena, you can't feed me. Nice. Good. I like it. Oh, do you know what? While you were saying something, I probably could have thought of something. Um, uh, Omega and... Uh, that's because I saw that. Yeah. Uh, and, and Brian Cage as mm-hmm. the Terminators. They both got Terminator style gimmicks. Sure, just, yeah, yeah. Why not? And you just do the... <laughs> done. Um, this comes in from Anthony James, who says, Do you think WWE actually knows how to bring the Bray Wyatt gimmick to a live TV audience? For example, changing costumes in ring or in between promos and matches. Let's not do that, for starters. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, I don't, no, I don't think they know. I think they do. Do you? I think they have got this, because I think, that, and I know why they do, is because it's Bray's plan. Mm. Bray's the one who is leading this. He will have thought about how we're going to do this in front of a live audience. And therefore, I think that they do know. It's just they're holding off on doing the debut. I think Bray knows. I don't know if Vince knows how to translate that. I don't know if Vince is going to let Bray do what he wants to do. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think WWE knows. I think Bray knows. That's a, good, that's a, a fair way to put it. Yeah, that's a fair yeah. way to put it. Uh, Chris Gardner says, Do you think that it's possible that Seth is the one who made Maria pe- her pregnant? They're pushing Seth and Becky as a couple hard, and the end game of that is to surely either a proposal, which I doubt they'll give how early the relationship is, or a breakup. This could be why Mike and Maria are featured on Raw now. They could do some real soap opera TV and maybe have Mike and Maria supporting Seth as a heel stable. I know it's the longest shot possible, but Mark Henry is the father of a hand, so I guess it could happen. Uh, this might just be my brain going into overdrive on holiday in the heat, though. Could just be another Bailey Sting deal. Yeah, I think you might have worked yourself into an angle there. I don't think yeah. it's going to be Seth. Uh, no, because... That would elevate Mike and Maria too much. <laughs> yeah, true. And also, I think because we're in much more of a reality-based era now, uh, I don't even think the the Seth-Becky stuff is going to lead to anything. They're just together because they're together in real life. It's not going to lead to a proposal or a breakup or anything like that. It's just they're together because they're together in real life. I would be, I'd be amazed if they're still an on-screen couple post-Extreme Rules. Yeah. Because already post-Extreme Rules, their relationship, not like their relationship is done, but their need to be like, have their relationship on TV is done. Yeah. Because they, they vanquished Baron and Lacey. Yeah. They could just go off into their own separate storylines. Exactly, yeah. I think they, they might reference it once or twice. Oh, yeah. Or like maybe they'll, uh, Becky just has a match and then Seth comes out and passes over his match kind of thing. That kind of stuff. And they'll give a quick reference. But that's it. Yeah. Sean Dunn back again, who says, uh, will there be a Wrestle Talk anthology of all the great intro and outro songs? 
I mean, if you cut one together, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, Bailey Sting versus Sting Bailey, the hugger versus the Sting. Have a great game. I'm off to Haven in Wales with my kids for the holidays. Um, uh, the reason I bring this up is because the guy who wants to support left a comment that said, the loser of Wrestle League Season 2 should cover Bailey's theme while dressed as Sting, which I think is great. It's a great idea. Uh, Josh the Lock, not Johnson, says, Hey guys, I was thinking about the idea of unifying the tag belts that you guys have talked about. If they did that, what are your thoughts on a dusty classic tournament to determine the new champs? Assuming Vince wouldn't book B team or something to go all the way. I think it would be great if it's done with the care that NXT gets. Thanks, Josh. Well, the problem you've got there is that it's Vince hates tournaments. I'd love it because I love a tournament. So Vince hates tournaments and he hates tag teams. <laughs> yeah. Literally the two worst things for Vince. I'd like it if it was a Paul Heyman or an Eric Bischoff ran oh, yeah, thing. Absolutely. I'm sure it'd be a lot better. Uh yeah, not while not while Vince is the top guy. Well, he's still gonna be the top guy, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I I mean I I'm certainly for the idea because I love tournaments. Mm. Yeah, me too. I mean because yeah. AEW, you know, they're gonna be setting up their um tag team tournament yeah. soon. And as soon as they announce that, I'm like, brilliant. Yeah. So excited for it. Yeah. Ollie Davis is number one fan and best jobber in the world, Jordan. Hi, guys. Look, I know you're not a fan of Eric Bischoff, and that's fine. However, if it weren't for him making WCW a force and making a profit within 18 months since being in charge, there wouldn't be an Attitude Era. A fully focused Bischoff makes a great TV product, and it will make it different to any competition. I would argue that Austin still would have caught fire. Austin was still Austin was catching fire during um, you know WCW's run. Uh, absolutely. WCW did make them more creative. But it, that was off the back of the NWO, which was his one idea. And, I'm, and I've, I've always said, it's, I'm, I'm not bearing him for having that one idea. I'm just saying it was one idea. It was an amazing idea as well. It's an idea that like, completely turned that company around. Mm -hmm. But it's still just that one idea. And once he had to do anything else, he didn't really have anything else to do. And I've seen a lot of people say, like, ah, but what about this? What about this? It's like, oh, the cruiserweights. Yeah, he put the cruiserweights on TV. They all wanted to leave. Yeah, they all wanted to leave because he would only push them to a certain level. Jericho, Benoit, Guerrero—they all left. They all left because they didn't want to be there anymore. He drove people away because he was focused on this one thing. And granted, it wasn't all his fault. He just signed a lot of people to contracts that had them with creative clauses, and then those people refused to do things. So, you're right that WCW was a force, and it did make WWE uh, or WWF at the time put out a better product. But Austin still would have caught fire. And, you know, and he started catching fire in 1996. Yeah. And he still would have been on top by 1998. Grinius says, uh, do you think that because of the great amount of talent AEW has in its singles and tag team division, people are missing out on their awesome women's division as a force to be reckoned with? Because since they launched, everyone has always been getting excited about the other matches on the card, while my personal and unexpected favorites were the Joshi Girl six-woman tag at Double or Nothing and the Rose um, Suzuki. Sakazaki Rio match from Fighter Fest, and now I'm most looking forward to the follow-up matches at Fight for the Fallen and All Out. It's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say that people are overlooking the women's division per se because I heard uh, coming out of uh, Fighter Fest, I heard a lot of good things about that triple threat. Such a good match. Yeah, and that's great. While people were talking about certain other things, talking about like you know Moxley Janela and how that was like some crazy shenanigans or whatever. After they talked about that, they were like, oh, yeah, the women's triple threat was amazing. Yeah, it was great. So I, I, I think it's just a matter of time until... Uh, because I, I don't think they have as many women as they do... Obviously, they don't have as many women as they do men on that. I think they're just... Once they get a bit more... 
what's the word I'm looking for? Once it's more layered, once they have more layers to the women's division rather than just this is this one women's feud, then I think people will start talking about the women's division the same way they do the men. It's not that they're less talented, it's just less of them. No, no, and I think that you are right, Krinis, that people are sort of not missing out on it, but I think the reason why it's not discussed as much is because their women's division doesn't have a name. Mm. And it's when I mean a name, it's a name that people like recognize going in. I think there are people who will know who Britt Baker is, who know who Ali is, they'll know who B Priestley is, but they haven't got like a John Moxley. Like if Sasha Banks had gone and like if she'd left WWE and joined AEW, then the people would be talking about their women's division. Yeah. But they haven't got a Young Bucks or a Lucha Brothers or this, that, and the other. They've they've got the talent that they've got, and it's a, it's a great lineup of talents. But they haven't got that name that makes people go like, oh man, they got that person. We've got to talk about that now. That's where that, so that's where I think is why people aren't talking about it as much. Mm-hmm. Darth Almo says, what wrestling factions, past or present, WWE, WCW, or independent, would you guys like to see go head-to-head in the ring in their prime? I've got the easiest answer for this. I've, I've, I've said this from day, like, this should have happened. DX versus the NWO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the dream faction warfare that never happens. Exactly. And yeah. should have happened. Yeah. I think you'll find it did happen at WrestleMania 31 with Sting versus Triple <laughs> oh, with, H. Yes, with famous NWO member <laughs> Sting. The man whose one mission in life was to rid WCW of the NWO. Yep. Yeah, WWE should have done DX versus NWO. They could have done it. They chose not to do it. Yep. Um, and that's a real shame. But yeah, that, that it's yeah DX NWO. Absolutely. Darth Almo again says, based on your uh, personalities and characteristics, what pop culture figure from movies and TV shows, games or books, do you believe could theoretically be based on you? That's... Uh- Weird question. Such a good question. It's a good one. Based on your personalities and characteristics, I'll be. I, I guess it's um, uh, Randall from Clerks is uh, probably particularly when I was a student is is very much. I, I feel like uh, I, I, I wish there were a lot of the similar personalities. Maybe not because Randall's a bit of a dick. Maybe I'm just a bit of a dick. I certainly was when I was at university. Maybe maybe, that, maybe that's why I, you know I, I warmed to him so much. <laughs> He'll just like me. <laughs> I genuinely can't answer that. I don't. I feel like I'm really like generic. Like there's no. There's no. There's no. Oh, you're more than generic. I don't have any personality quirks. So. Oh, that's a sh- I think you do. But I don't know who I would say you it would be. Yeah, you in a, in a, I, I in a can't book or think TV of show. anyone right now. I'm going to farm that out to the SWAF Nation as well. Yeah. Maybe that's an error. Um, the dizziest bloke in the world going today says, if brackets Ollie, Luke, Chopper, Pete, Andy could portray a crap gimmick wrestler, which has been already signed to CG Dub, which one would you pick and why? Kaiju. Kaiju is my pick. The minor that we just had. Nice. I'd love it. Good. Uh, and also, do you agree with Russo that WWE and AEW are in cahoots together? No. No. no absolutely not. Uh, I think actually the dizziest bloke, apparently uh, the other one that Russo's on about at the moment, he's obviously on a conspiracy theory um, uh, trend at the moment. Mm. He's brought back up again the, the Paul McCartney is dead one, and we've got the fake Paul McCartney in his place, which has <laughs> been around since like the Abbey Road days of the Beatles, because he's got a different foot forward. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, apparently that's his other one at the moment mm-hmm. that he's, he's on. Cool stuff, Vince. I mean, you know, you just got to keep yourself busy until Vince McMahon can pick calls yeah, and exactly, he'll be back yeah. in the company. And Nicholas Andrew says, um, I know you keep saying that you think Shane versus Roman will end at SummerSlam, but I'm afraid I'm not that hopeful. After this week, setting up Shane versus Kevin Owens that could lead to SummerSlam, I think there could be even more Shane now before then. And I know the next pay-per-view uh, to end it at would be Survivor Series, but I think they could extend it all the way to the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> 
no. They could do Team Roman versus Team Shane at Survivor Series and have Shane win one of the world titles at Royal Rumble while Roman wins the Rumble. That would allow for Roman to finally conquer the odds and win the title in one of the worst WrestleMania main events of all time. Do you guys think this is a real possibility? Remember, am I preparing myself for the worst? Unfortunately, I could totally see that happening. Yep. Because WWE have a track record, in the la- especially in the last like five years, of doing exactly that and extending feuds out way beyond their sell-by date. Particularly if it's a Roman-based feud. Exactly. So, yes, I could totally see that happening. I could totally see it happening. But with what we said earlier, I'm hoping some of that gets scrapped. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Conor Kiran has asked us to... Um, actually, I, I won't do that because I've already addressed that with him. Uh, Conor Going uh, has said, any chance you guys might consider doing a weekly G1 news roundup to update the standings of each block in the tournament progress and perhaps flag up any particular matches that are worth going out your way to watch besides all of them, similar to how you do the NXT reviews. Cheers. P.S. I still don't know how to enter a subject heading, hence my caps opening. If anyone can enlighten me, please do so. I, I don't know, actually, on, on that one. But Nor do I. I'm sure someone else can help you out. Um, I would love to. Yeah. Absolutely, like it, it's it's the thing that we've always said with with Russell Talk. I'd like to do weekly impact reviews. I'd like to be able to do weekly Ring of Honor reviews. I'd like to be able to do more New Japan reviews. Problem is, there's no interest in it, and there's not enough time for us to do it. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough people to be able to cover all of the wrestling that happens, and very few people would want to watch it. Exactly, and that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. and then that always brings back the argument. Well. If you gave it coverage, would then you'd create, you'd almost like create the demand. Yeah, but it's, we, we, it's a, this is a business. We're not in charge of this business, it should be added. Mm. But um, it's a, unfortunately, I don't think it's something that could be a possibility. If only for like the money thing, I just haven't got time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the G1 results might be covered in like news videos. Yeah, exactly, it's a news thing. But we're not going to be doing full rambles about each day of G1, no. unfortunately. Even like a weekly thing. But yeah, I think in the news, absolutely. Like if there's big stuff in the news, mm. like 100% it gets covered. Yeah. So this two-topic thing stems off from one email. Right. Which was from uh, Blake Ham's number one fan, mm. Abraham, um, who was saying that he struggles with the time zone differences between uh, WWE airing Raw at 5 p.m. Eastern. He doesn't get it till three hours later. And we kind of had reasons why. We don't know if it was an affiliate thing, why if it's just the way the time works. And he was saying it was difficult because he doesn't want to get spoilers from Instagram. Get off Instagram was uh, sort of like... The, but yeah. he, um, to his credit, he did say, I know it's my fault. Yes. So there is that. But we did get some emails in about the times of thing. We also had tweets as well. So thank you very much to everyone who mm, sent a yes. tweet. I'm sorry that I, if I don't mention you by name, but thank you to everyone who did send tweets about it. But this comes in from Julian, who says, Hi, guys, just wanted to confirm what Pete said. Raw does go live at the same time everywhere in the US. Right. 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific. If, however, you have basic cable television and no satellite dish, it starts at 8 p.m. regardless of time zone. So the spoiler thing seems to be an Ibrahim-specific issue. Uh, That's what we want the smoke. uh, The smoke refers to uh, the smoke of a gun after it's fired. It's a metaphor among the youth for any kind of physical or verbal altercation. We want all the smoke is essentially just a color, cooler, youthful way of saying they are ready for anything coming their way. I've heard it, yeah. people People have had various different descriptions of what we want the smoke means yeah um it's i always found i found it funny as well that people emailed in to tell me what we want the smoke means but we confirmed it on the show like, we did yeah. yeah randy looked into it for us but thank you julian for clarifying it. he also adds uh, and while its origins do come from rack music cardi b don't know who that person is 
isn't the isn't the reason why the street profits are saying it. Additionally, Mr. Randy Andy, she is a self self proclaimed WWE fan. However, I'm not surprised her previous occupation is what you came to my yeah. So I don't know what this this is. Not a clue. She's a self proclaimed something, I guess. Search me. No idea. I'm gonna do. I, I don't care about a Cardi B. Cardi so. B. I like a cardigan. Yeah. Cardigan. See, I, I know her for one song, and it's a song that she featured on, which pro. was. Maroon 5's uh, Girls Like You, which was a cool song until Cardi B started ruining it. I don't think I've ever heard the terms uh, Maroon 5 and cool song. It was all right. Uh, previous job. I spelled previous wrong. This is going to um, be a fun Google. Oh, God. Wikipedia. Googling live on air. Googling live on the podcast. I don't even care enough, to be honest. No, I, I might save this don't. for later. Yeah. But thank you very much for your email uh, there. We also had this email from Adam who says, according to the TV guide, Raw is only live in Eastern and Central time zones. Both Mountain and Pacific are delayed. So now we've got conflicting... <laughs> oh my God, okay. Now we've got conflicting feedback, you guys. Okay. America, sort it out. Sort it out, mate. Just, just all sit down. <laughs> Have a, have a word yeah. and let us know what's going on. Yeah. We're a very small island. We are. We, we're a very small island that is trying to separate ourselves away from the world. We don't know what's going on outside of our, of our four walls. No. Um, uh, Y'all did the conversations backwards in the SmackDown review intro. But to be fair, the person we emailed in said his time zone was PST. But we're in, currently in daylight savings. So it's actually PDT. Oh, my God. So he said. So this so, is what Adam says. Okay. This is how Adam says that it goes. Well, this is different to what Julian said. Okay. Adam says that at Eastern it's eight p.m. live, and in Central it's seven p.m. live, but in Mountain it's at nine p.m. on a three-hour delay, and Pacific is on eight p.m. with a three-hour delay. Right. Although Julian said that it airs live in Mountain time as well. <sighs> no, actually, no. He said it like it, uh, it's live it's everywhere. In, he said it was delayed. If in... you don't have like a cable yes. or a satellite. And then someone else said that it's delayed in Central and Mountain, but it airs live on <laughs> Pacific and Central. America, have a word. Guys. Just sort it out, guys. Have a word with yourselves. God. Oh, and while you're at it, just get one time zone. Yeah. We, we've only got one time zone here, <laughs> and it works perfectly fine for us. <laughs> just to have a word. Just sort it out, mate. Um, so, moving on to the spoiler debate. And actually, Seif uh, has emailed in quite brilliantly, as just said, I mean, you use Spoiler Room Brawl for your news review and review shows. So, may just like just transfer that. So yeah. we'll, call it, we'll call it the Spoiler Room Brawl. Yeah. Actually, it was, it was my joke. I'm like very it. proud of that one. Yeah. To very Luke good. and Pete. Firstly, a name suggestion of the spoiler debate. I know you used Spoiler Room Brawl before, but it's so suitable for the debate. Secondly, let me weigh in. Okay, here we go. If someone just needs to stay off Instagram for three hours to avoid spoilers to show they're going to uh, for a show they're going to watch, then I think they need to stop. They need to stop being a word redacted and find <laughs> something better to do with their life than spend three hours perving on girls online. Oh, that's well, that you know, that's projection, baby. That is that yeah, is projection. That's... As someone who doesn't use any social media except YouTube and WhatsApp, is WhatsApp social media? Mm, it's a messaging service. I suppose you do get to update a status. Oh, yeah, I guess you do technically. I don't think I've ever oh, done it, but... I wouldn't class it as social media, no. Yeah, that's like... I wouldn't say that text message is social media. No, exactly. By the way, this is slightly off topic. Well, it's Here not we off go. topic. WhatsApp mm. is this generation's brilliant way to exploit teenagers. Isn't it just? Because what they have essentially done is created something that already existed. Yes. They looked at text messages and said, what if we could do text messages, but you have to pay to use them? <laughs> Which is... What we used to do in the 90s, mm. when we first got phones, 
and we were on pay-as-you-go contracts, not pay, yeah, on pay-as-you-go contracts, and you'd uh, go down to the shops and top up your five pounds every week, um, and then that would last you then until the next week, where you're spending money sending your text messages. Yep. So they looked at that, and then afterwards, they just became free. You get yep. your phone contract plan, text messages are free as standard, and you get, min- actually, I get free minutes and free texts, like, every mm-hmm. month. And so WhatsApp looked at that, and I'm like, hmm, what if people did start charging for it though <laughs> you have to pay for whatsapp well if you're using data then you are using like if you're sending a whatsapp outside of a signal out of a wi-fi signal you're using your data to send that message yeah so you're effectively paying for it with data then if you go yeah. over your data you're then paying to use whatsapp and send messages when yeah. text messages are free yeah i guess it's just the I don't even know. And then they sold the business for like billions to yeah. Facebook for a service that already existed. I don't know. They're kind of geniuses, really. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I know my opinion is biased, but for God's sake, if people are really complaining about having to take three hours off their Instagram, this world is screwed. However, I will add, say a week after a, uh, the release of a film, someone who I know is going to watch it, that I in- and I intend to watch it, spoils anything for me, then they're a douche. Correct. Again, social media makes it impossible to block these things out, which is another reason I don't use any form of it, where I don't control the content I view. But I'd say it's a dick move when someone knowingly spoils it for you when they know you're going to watch it later. Completely Correct. agree. Yeah, Completely agree 100%. with that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can say that you, uh, sorry, I can't say you can blame someone for tweeting after watching a new film saying, wow, I enjoyed film name. And I can't believe big spoiler happened because that isn't directed at anyone and is just a statement. No, I think I, you can. I, I yeah. don't think that's a cool thing to do. Yeah. I, I, for, for example, for Avengers Endgame, I didn't even post my opinion about the film because I personally, I don't like hearing other people's opinions about the movie before I watch it, especially for something as big as Endgame, because I don't want to know if it's incredible, the greatest movie you've ever seen. You're not spoiling any plot points for me, but me knowing that it's incredible and the best movie you've ever seen raises my expectations for the movie before I've gone in, exactly. which affects how you watch it. Yeah, I we just recorded a Spider-Man Far From Home review for Screen Stalker, which if you haven't seen it, it came out on Friday, so you can go watch that video there. And that was a spoiler-free review. And I just said, like, I thought it was a, a good film. You know, I won't give away what I, my views on it, so you can go watch the video. Mm. Um, and I said, there's a Mysterio sequence in there that's one of the best things. It's the best thing in the film, and mm-hmm. it's a Mysterio sequence I've been dreaming about since I was a kid. Yes. For me, that's not a spoiler. No. To say that Mysterio does a thing mm-hmm. is not a spoiler. Mysterio has a scene. Yeah. You know he's in the film. If I was to say what that scene was, I would consider that a spoiler. Correct. And I would not be on Twitter tweeting about it. Mm-hmm. But if I was to say I loved the Mysterio scene and people yes. who've seen the film will know what I'm talking about, yes. then I think you you know that's fair game. But I, for me, if I'm going to like share my views on a movie on, on Twitter, I would just say I thought movie was X. Yeah. Uh, for Without any specifics. Yeah. So, yeah, for, for, for general stuff, not for one of the largest movies of all time being Endgame, but for general, like, movie stuff, I'd be like, hey, I had fun watching this thing, mm-hmm. and that would be about it, or this movie kind of sucked, or I, I didn't really rate the last episode of Game of Thrones, or whatever it was. Yeah, um, yeah it was, um, but I, I think, yeah, if you're posting specific story spoilers or things that will affect how someone watches something then that could be considered a spoiler. And you can I'd quite say. easily share your views on a film without going into spoiler specifics. Correct. I mean, that's what reviews are. Yeah. Revo- the reviews aren't meant to talk really about specific plot points and give away things, the Hollywood reporter. <laughs> They're meant to talk about sort of what they thought of the film. Yeah. Um, I, when I saw Child's Play last week, the, the, tw- the 2019 remake, I just said, it was better than it had any right to be. Yeah. And I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. 
That's all I needed to say. Um, anyway, I think this whole mess back to uh, C email that says, anyway, I think this whole mess is because of social media and people's strange addiction to it. But to summarize, spoilers are unacceptable if they're directed at someone in the knowledge that they will spoil something they intend to watch. Otherwise, it's fair game. All the best. I agree with some of your points, but not all of them. Correct. Uh, Me Steve. too. And to the people, um, uh, we've had a few emails in. Paul uh, sent us an email where he said, quick email to say, boo to Chopper Pete. Saw that one. Um, and someone else who tweeted about it as well. Pete did not spoil Endgame. No. At the end of that last podcast, the the SmackDown review, what he said was, anyone who sends in a WrestleTalk get better, gets better. Yeah. And then I said, Endgame spoiler as a joke, because it's quite clearly not an Endgame spoiler. Well, no, it's because I said, you get to the Endgame. And you said, Endgame spoiler. Yeah. Everyone gets better. As in the WrestleTalk Endgame. Exactly. The WrestleTalk get better Endgame. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't an Endgame spoiler. So, yeah, I think a few people said... I think they people took it out of context of what you were saying. Exactly, yeah. Also, even... Let's not get into that. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then uh, thank you to Ibrahim, the man who quit this off, to suggest that the spoiler foil uh, is, should be the name, but I think we're going to go with spoiler in brawl. Spoiler in brawl. Um, and Daniel, thank you very much for your email. Um, it's about the walking exercise debate, but I am going to save that for when Ollie gets back. Makes so sense. He can hear walking all is, about it. Walking is most definitely exercise. Um, uh, there, was a, there was a podcast actually uh, while you were away Oh yeah, uh, where I got an email in about walking being exercise and I read it out to Ollie mm-hmm. and then me and him got into a little bit of a debate <gasps> and he said that like I don't want to talk about this because you're raising better points than Luke does <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so that was great, great so. um, I was going to just get us out of here but I've just seen this um, email in uh, for a talk of not get betters that I wanted mm. to read this comes in from Cody who says, Hi everyone, the rest talk crew, including Luke, Ollie, Fakedor, the lovable fill in Pete, Simon, SoCalVal, the damn near perfect Blake Ham, screw you, Blake, and that's about it. <laughs> Back in April, I sent you an email going into detail about the horrible back problems I've had since I was a teenager and how I was going in for an epidural shot the, uh, the coming day. Well, spoiler alert, the epidural shot did not help alleviate the pain. Wow, spoilers. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> It's a different different kind of spoiler room brawl now. I had to. I'm sorry. Carry on. It's very serious. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, This is a very serious email. Fast forward to the month of June and the pain has become so unbearable I had to take medical leave of absence from my career. I began... uh, Sorry. I work as a behavior supervisor assisting children on the autism spectrum so my job is demanding physically where I have to manage the behaviors of kids and chase them around, etc. After seeing another back specialist in the month of June, he recommended I take a month off work to rest. In that month, I had another injection on Monday, July 8th, to give me temporary relief while at work on a more permanent solution. The permanent solution is hopefully on the way soon. My doctor wants to do an PRP injections, which essentially is pulling my own stem cells from bone marrow and injecting them into my lower back where the injury is. You're mm. nodding. Isn't you? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. sounds brutal. Right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. But it's super cool. Re- yeah, right. Stem cell research, man. Yeah. It's a good thing. Uh, research show this is 80% effective for my condition. Maybe it's 100% effective, about 80%. <laughs> yeah. So for the first time in about seven years, I have the hope that I will be able on the road to recovery and feeling better. 
Once I'm feeling better physically, I will be able to take a month of uh, my mental health as well as getting back into shape. I'm getting married on October 5th of this year to my lady partner whom I've been with for 10 years now. We started dating at the age of 16 and she helped me get through the tough times and I can't wait for the, to be feeling better for the big day and back to my cheery self. I wanted to email in and tell you guys that listening to all your content you both put on the podcast and YouTube channel helps me every day and you guys are part of a daily routine. Thank you so much for all the content. I've wanted to become a pledgehammer for a while. Side note, these PRP injections are not covered by insurance and approximately 1500 uh sorry yeah 1500 dollars i have to hold off on becoming a pledge hammer i mean mate 100 yeah obviously absolutely mate yeah Just, you need to yeah focus on that uh, so thank you for the bottom of my heart for everything you do for the swath nation much love from carolina and cody has sent an email of him and his beautiful bride-to-be of them save the date oh, wow the 5th of October, it's the wrong way around, uh, yeah. the 19th. I know it's not, you're American. And may I say, Cody, you are a handsome chap. Mate. That is one attractive couple right oh, there. Oh, man, and alive. That is an attractive couple. Yeah. Good hairline on you as well, so good haircut. Jealous. I am jealous, yeah. yeah. And look at this for a gorgeous photo. Oh, that's amazing. A nice photo of oh. them like, underneath like a boardwalk. And like, oh, you that's, guys. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. That's great. Well, best of luck with all the, the things that are happening. And I really hope that stem cell stuff pans out. Absolutely, yeah. Because it, it sounds really awesome, honestly, uh, and a really cool solution to it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it works for you. And, and I'm just saying, you've got time, October 5th. So, you know, wing some invites across. Yeah. Definitely. Bring some invites across. We'll yeah, come. Yeah. I mean, you might have to pay for us to fly out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you pay Ollie, for everything. Ollie will 100% not, not yeah. pay for us to go out. But, yeah, he yeah, won't. Yeah, but, but, you know, if you, if you ponied up the cash. Yeah. You know, you know, 1500 man. You're spending that on the backs. Easy. <laughs> Easy flight coverage. Just just don't get the back surgery. <laughs> just cover up flights and, and, and fly out some, I'd argue, Z-lists. YouTube celebrities yeah. to, to attend your wedding. I'd say maybe double Z-list. Uh, yeah, maybe Z-list is a bit high. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you guys are awesome. Thank you so, so much for your email. Uh, and thank you to all of your correspondents. But as I said, America, have a word with yourself. Seriously. We need to fix this issue. Ideally, we need to fix this issue before Ollie gets back. Yeah, because that'd otherwise be great. I'm gonna have to catch up Ollie on everything. Oh, God. That's more work for me. Yeah. So and he and he won't be like you. He won't have listened to the podcast while he's away. No, he so. won't. He's an idiot. Yeah. He doesn't care about anyone. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. <laughs> I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.